You've worked all your life, you've saved, you've played by the rules. Now it's time to retire. Here's the question, who do you want relaxing and taking it easy? Your nest egg or you? Well, of course, you want to relax and travel and enjoy. And sorry, nest egg, you've got more work to do. For a retirement that maximizes your portfolio, your social security, avoids unnecessary risks, and protects you from pitfalls, and frankly lets you retire and keeps the nest egg working, you need a retirement partner. You need someone looking out for your best interest and building a plan for you based on your situation. You need Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649. Kevin Frisbee at 800-998-5649. Investment advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Kevin Frisbee and his guests provide general information, not personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. The opinions expressed on this program are not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice and do not constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Your retirement date is finally here. You're free from the daily grind and it's easy street for you. Or is it? On today's show, we'll highlight some smart money moves to get you through the first five years of retirement. Hi, this is Coach Pete. And if you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Financial Safari. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, of course, is, um, well, he's an author, Every Dime Every Day. He's uh, a president of Frisbee and & Associates, and uh, so much more. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm great, Sita, and I'm in studio with you today. Exactly. How fun is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited today. Yeah, we can actually see one another. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's glass between us, but that's okay. <laughs> so you mentioned this, uh, you, you said, uh, you know, getting ready to retire. It's a big time. It's an exciting time, um, but there's also things we have have to be uh, certainly aware of. And um, so let's talk about how to minimize some of that risk and, um, you know, get you there, keep your sanity. Uh, so we talk about large looming expenses. I don't like the sound of that, Kevin. Well, <laughs> yeah, you have to really look at what could be coming up. If you retire this year, let's say, what are some of the big expenses that could be coming up? Maybe replacing a vehicle. Okay. I mean, that's, that's one thing that a lot of people don't think about that, hey, you know, if you, if you have a 10-year-old vehicle and you might need a new vehicle, in today's world and the, the cost of vehicles, uh, it, it could be very expensive. How about, uh, you know, major fixes on the, on the house? I mean, so if you need to do things like that, where do you take that money from? Do you take it from a retirement account and then have that added as income and pay taxes on it? Or do you have enough money saved for that that rainy day fund, so to speak, to, to, to have that big expense coming up. So you got to pay attention to that stuff because again, you don't want to have to pull it from a retirement account, especially if it's going to move you into a higher tax bracket. Well, and and again, how do we how do we prepare for that? I mean, I know that's part of the plan. So do you say when you're putting a plan together and let's say someone's been a pretty good saver, do you set aside money for a car? Do you set aside money for a, a roof? Yeah, I think one of the best things I've heard <clears throat> clients tell me is they have actually a car fund. 
And okay. so when they have their income coming in every single month, whether they're retired or not, they've got a money, a certain amount of money set aside in a separate account for a car fund or a, a, a home expense fund or whatever that might be. Kind of uh, like the envelope system. Like Dave Ramsey talks about the envelope system. Sure. Same idea, except you know you don't want to do that in cash in your home. You want to do that in, in separate accounts and go to your bank, set up a separate account and, and have some funds uh, kind of put into that every month. That probably is the simplest, easiest way to, to handle some of those unknown expenses. There are going to be things that come up that you don't know uh, or, or, or kind of unexpected, and you sure. just have to plan for that, be prepared for it. All right, I like that. And and um, I think when you first retire, the inclination is to, um, yay, I'm retired, I'm going to go, I'm going to make some, I'm going to go spend some money, I'm going to be good to my grandkids, I'm going to I'm gonna spend, spend, spend. you got to be aware of that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I have conversations, particularly if it's a husband and wife, especially if they have grandkids, you know, usually one wants to be really frugal and, and tight on spending and the other one, and I'm not going to say which one usually, but uh, usually I think they, we know. <laughs> they, they, they want to spend some money on the grandkids and, and it's rightfully so. You know what? You work all your life. You've, you've got your grandkids. And I once heard somebody uh, ask me, you know, what's, uh, how do they say it? Uh, why do grandparents and grandchildren get along so well? And they have a common enemy. Exactly. That's so, mom and dad. <laughs> the mom and dad. That's right. So, uh, yeah, they want to spoil the grandkids, if you want to use that term, or or, or give them a better life and uh, be able to spend some money on them. So it, it has to be a, a conversation in the household to come to a compromise in how much can we or should we spend on the grandchildren. And, of course, that should be built into, you know, when you look at creating a budget when you retire, that should be part of the budget in your expenditures, making sure that there's money set aside for doing the things like that that you want to do. Well, and again, when, I mean, you know, for me, I've got seven grandkids. I got to put money away to take care of seven of them. Yeah, I, I would say so, Steve, yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lesson learned. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, well, let's talk life insurance because that's a happy topic. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. wh- how? How does that fit into the uh, the budget uh, situation and and f- as far as preserving wealth? Interesting thing about life insurance. There's a couple of things I kind of want to make a mention here. Number one, uh, let's talk beneficiaries on life insurance. And I say this because I- I've seen a case here in Maine uh, a handful of years ago where uh, a guy had uh, gotten divorced from his previous spouse, his first wife, and had a life insurance policy. And never thought to change the beneficiary of the life. It was a million-dollar death benefit, by the way. Tax-free that gets paid to the beneficiaries. Never thought to change the beneficiary designation on his life insurance policy to his new spouse. And so he passed away. And so all of a sudden, the old older spouse, the divorced spouse, come knocking on the door saying, hey, I'm the beneficiary in that life insurance policy. And it stood up in court. And the ex-wife got the million dollars. So... I would first and foremost make sure your beneficiary designations are taken care of properly because if they're not, it's a legal contract. And if they're not done to where you want it to go, uh, make sure it's done. And, and sometimes if you have children under 18 years old, you don't want to have them as beneficiaries of life insurance policies. You want to look at who's going to be the custodian of that child until they get to be 18. So there's a lot of things when it comes to beneficiary designations and life insurance. The other thing about life insurance, if you're retiring and the only life insurance you have, like a lot of people here in America— is what they have at work. And so in most, 95% of the cases, that life insurance policy is going to be gone. So if you would depend on that to pay for funeral expenses or leave behind money to the kids or grandkids, and all of a sudden you get done work and actually retire and you have no life insurance left, what do you do now? And a lot of times if people get to that point, they they think, hey, I want to get life insurance. And it's not that simple because the, the cost of it is based on your age as you get older, it gets more expensive and based on your health. And sometimes people get health conditions when you get older that you don't qualify for life insurance anymore. 
So that there's things to pay attention to. The other thing, the last thing I want to say about life insurance, how we look at life insurance, it's a tool. And especially with the with the tax environment, unfriendly tax environment that we are encountering here in the United States and will continue to, to uh, have a problem with, the estate tax uh, thresholds are talking about being lowered here in the state of Maine from the federal limit of five and a half million down to one or two million again. That doesn't, to some people, that might sound like a lot of money, but at the end of the day, they're going to count face value life insurance, home values, retirement accounts. So the, pro- the point I'm making is life insurance should be looked at as a potential tool that maybe you take out a policy to pay the taxes so that if you've got a million dollars or half a million dollars or whatever that amount is and you want to make sure you leave that behind your children or grandchildren or whoever your beneficiaries are, a life insurance policy could be utilized to pay the income taxes or the inheritance taxes on that to make sure you leave your beneficiaries with a certain amount of money. Oh, gosh, I like that. That's a great That's a great thought. 800-998-5649, folks, if you'd like to get involved. Um, you know, and really the insurance industry is, is just turned around so much in the last 10 years even. Well, yes, and and when you when you make that comment, you're you're referring to the insurance industry. The life policies now have uh, what they call living benefits to them, right? And so when you talk about the the potential problem of a long term care event, if you go in a nursing home, and main care now comes knocking on the door saying, "Hey, you have assets. We're going to make you spend your assets down before we pay for any care." Well, some of the new life insurance, a lot of the new life insurance policies have living benefits where. You can accelerate the death benefit before you die if you have a, a, a long-term care type of event in some instances and get prepaid the death benefit to you that you can utilize that money to help pay for care, to, to preserve the rest of the estate that you've saved up uh, all your life. What a, I mean, what a great way to be able to sort of get through that, if you will, and, and to not have to worry. I mean, just to have that set up that way. And, and if, if somebody, it, it's, a, it's an amazing tool, as I said, if somebody is concerned just about the long-term care potential and doesn't want to you know, be in a position to spend down the assets and retirement accounts and all kinds of problems that go with that, you know, as a tool, a life insurance policy with the living benefits is something to, to, to take a look at to, to plug that potential gap. Sure. 800-998-5649 if you want to have more of that conversation. So let's talk about, you know, we're talking about getting into retirement, making sure that everything stays there. And and we've had this discussion many times, Kevin, about, you know, divorce and gray divorce. And, <laughs> and it's, a, it's, a, it's a situation that we have to face. But as you get into retirement, maybe, you know, maybe you should just be there for each other. And you know, rethink divorce. You know, I'm trying to think of how to respond to that, Steve. So, yeah, you know, the the unfortunate thing in the country is the the, the highest divorce rate per, per capita is 65 years old and higher. Oh, my gosh. And so there's probably a lot of reasons to that. And people do stay together a lot of times for the children and rearing the children and those type of things. But eventually what happens, I, I find, is somebody, let's say they retire, married couple, and uh, I had a case one time that the guy was a, a construction worker traveling to Massachusetts. Every single Monday, he'd jump in his pickup truck and drive to Massachusetts, come back every Friday afternoon. And they would spend, for 30 years, they would spend the weekends together doing household chores and laundry and things like that and sure. back on the road on Monday morning. When he finally retired, I was sitting at home in J-Main, and I'll never forget as long as I live. When, when he finally retired, I'm sitting there talking about strategy, and she completely come unglued and broke in tears and just was was like, I don't even know this person. I don't even know how to live with this person full-time because we've been doing this routine for 30 years. And she was legitimately upset about this. Well, it, it turns out he, he didn't he didn't live long. He, he had some health conditions, passed away after about two years. But it took a, a relearning of each other. And I could see 
in their case, you know, I, I believe that they'd have stayed together. But in some cases, that puts a struggle in the household and creates some of that animosity in some ways that they don't know who they are anymore. They don't know how to live with each other anymore and ultimately lead to that divorce. And so it's unfortunate, but that's just the reality of of uh, a, a change of life that some people don't know how to deal with. Exactly. Well, and again, I, a friend growing up um, and uh, her parents did not uh, split up. He got the house. She took an apartment, you know, like eight or 10 years later, they switched. <laughs> But they never, they didn't live together. They didn't, you know, they, they didn't share expenses, but they, but they stayed together just from a tax standpoint. It makes sense. Well, you know, yeah, obviously if, if you're, if you're still married and you're, you're, you, you can do it in a friendly way. I don't know how to, the best way to say it, but yeah, well, yeah. You, you don't want to stay married for money or for filing taxes, but that's what you're kind of referring to. And some people I've seen do that, right. by the way, they, they stay married and they go their separate ways and they do the joint filing and they get a tax break and live happily ever after in some <laughs> cases. I guess so. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, uh, boy, we're up against the clock already, Kevin. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and uh, invite folks to call. Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. Hey, folks, here it is. Don't miss your opportunity. It's a chance to come on in, sit down, get that financial roadmap put together. That's just what we've been talking about. Take that complex financial world, turn it into something that really makes sense. A practical financial review? Yes. It starts with a phone call, 800-998-5649. You're going to get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, you walk out with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need need to be. 800-998-5649. 800-998-5649. It's beginning to feel like the worst of the pandemic is behind us. In moving forward, some of the old retirement rules need a bit of revision. When we come back, new rules for the post-pandemic retirement plan. In retirement, some people like to take it easy. Uh, let's see, to nap or not to nap. And some people like to go, go, go. And then we went to St. Thomas, then New Orleans, then our grandson's soccer game, then for the theater New York to Bora Bora. You know what the beauty of it is? It's your choice. Ah, live it like you want. If you have the right plan, enter Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649. And we are back on Financial Safari. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin Frisbee is here. Kevin is uh, president of Frisbee & Associates. And uh, Frisbee & Associates, you guys have done a remarkable job. Uh, And and I've had the pleasure of working with, you know, some of your guys. I mean, Lance Gilman, uh, Jeff Trushan, and I know that there's others. There's Peter Hansen and and Derek Hewitt and A.J. Harmon. I mean, these are all people that you have sort of brought into the fold, if you will. And you guys are just, you know, you're blowing up, as the kids like to say. 
Yeah, you know, I've had, uh, obviously we've talked about it before, the, the, the privilege of working with uh, other organizations and training other organizations and kind of cherry picking uh, the best of the best advisors to join Frisbee Associates. And that's kind of what we've done. And, you know, we've, we've scaled ourselves. I never intended, Steve, to grow the practice the way it has grown over the years. I really, I thought Kevin Frisbee was going to be the best financial advisor Kevin Frisbee could be. But as a result of that, We've grown referrals and we continue to do these educational seminars and the, the radio shows and not TV shows. And here we are with uh, one of the most robust uh, practices here in the state of Maine. So we're, I'm excited. I'm proud of my guys uh, that, you know, the job that they continue to do and help so many people here in the state of Maine. 800-998-5649 is how you can get involved. All right. New rules. Uh, it does feel like the pandemic, you know, all of those, gosh, the last two years, it does feel like that's kind of becoming in the rearview mirror. And uh, that has changed things, obviously. Uh, economically, there's certainly some changes, but we talk about new rules. And so this this first one is interesting to me because it says the old rule was making savings, number one, the new rule making pay, paying off debt, number one. Is that so or, or are they still both pretty darn important? They're both important. But let me let me explain why I believe that paying off debt and I <clears throat> I write this in my book and yes. I, you know, I'm a preacher of getting out of debt and I have been forever in a day. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm going to make a plug of the book. I wrote it four years ago, and I never intended to write it in a high inflation, high interest rate environment, higher interest rate environment. Yeah. But here we are, and I think it's a great tool for people to be able to utilize. In fact, I'll give it away to all the callers today okay. on the show. So just kind of throw that out there. But if it, here, here's the thing. Paying off debt, is as interest rates continue to go higher, debt continues to become more of a burden. And so if you've got mortgage debt, that's one thing. Most people have a mortgage that's a fixed rate that they got at a pretty reasonable rate. Um, I've seen a lot of younger people get into the variable mortgage rate situation because they could get a lower rate potentially, buy a more expensive home, but they're going to get pinched and it's going to be a problem. But if you're a retiree, potential retiree, um, most times I see people come in with a fixed uh, rate mortgage if they don't have it paid off. The other the other parts of the debt, any credit card debts, any other consumer type debt, those rates are variable, meaning they have the ability to go up and up and down based on the uh, interest rate market. So as rates go higher, you want to really make sure you stay away from any of that uh, debt. But I'm also a big saver too, and so you've got to have a balance, Steve. Right? How do, how much do you save? How much can you save? But at the same time, make sure you're paying down any of the debt. And if you haven't, or if you have paid down the debt. Let's put that accelerated strategy to saving more money to get yourself a bigger cushion for when you retire. Sure. And and again, the um, uh, paying off debt, like you said, it's it's a very, um, I mean, I've gone through that and, and it's a very exhilarating experience to watch that debt dwindle. Yeah, you know, it's, it is motivating, right? And uh, yeah. I talk about the debt snowball, uh, the debt knockout, call it what you want in the book. And it's a strategy to look at listing your smallest debts to your largest debts, listing out the, the interest rates, and then having a game plan of putting all the extra on the bottom smallest debt with the highest rate and then rolling that snowball up to get rid of ultimately the mortgage. And that's sure. just the easy easy way to look at it. And But what that does for you is gives you uh, shows you progress, gives you a visual to say, I'm making progress. And it, it, it kind of keeps you motivated to stay on track. Sure. Well, you look at a credit report, the asset to debt ratio, as that begins, as your as your uh, assets grow, I mean, that debt goes down. I mean, okay, I like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and the problem we've seen in the last few months, the data coming out is credit card debt has become an all-time high again, oh, which man. means, you know, with higher gas prices, higher grocery prices, people are starting to put or, or have been putting a lot of that new expense on credit cards 
My concern is obviously if 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 oil prices and those type of things don't come back and settle into what what I consider normal, um, how how are people going to pay that credit card debt when all the expenses are going to stay high? Probably, it, it's going to be a potential problem here in the next several months. Well, and again, I think that uh, having a plan in place, especially as you get close to retirement, that's going to be the key. You're going to help. That helps us keep on track or stay it, on track. Yeah, if you've got a plan in place, uh, yeah, likely some some revisions to the plan, which is why we're talking about this on the show today, trying to make sure you're staying in front of some of those changes. And again, if you're if you're listening to the show, make sure you don't get sucked into pulling out your credit card. It's easy to do, and everybody has the ability to do that. But make sure you pay it. Well, yeah. Well, and again, it took it took no time at all for credit card companies to start sending out those notices. I I've read about. I mean, you know, they're already up in the interest rates. Yes, they are, and they they have they 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 sometimes up the interest rates before the actual Federal Reserve ups the interest rates. Right. In anticipation of, <laughs> it's like the gas prices going higher in anticipation of. Yes. Yeah, but exactly. they never come down as fast as they go go up. No. So let's talk about a house. Uh, we talked about a mortgage. Maybe we still have a little mortgage or maybe it's paid off. But is that the uh, is that the the investment that we think it is? Or do we have to take that? Do we have to take a different look at that? Well, let's talk about that, because a lot of people think that, uh, you know, their biggest asset is their home. Yep. And it's where they have the most equity, potentially, in, in a lot of cases. So they think that, hey, when I retire, I'm going to be able to tap into the equity to supplement my income. Well, well, in 2007 to 2009, when we had the financial crisis and the housing crisis, banks weren't really loaning freely money for homes, and partly because they just didn't have the capital to be able to put the money out there to loans for, for property. So if you're relying on your home and pulling capital out at some point, if we have another financial crisis, to, like a housing crisis, that's going to be a problem. And so if you're not setting yourself up with additional funds and a plan to make sure that that's going to not be the priority. You just don't want to have that as your number one thought that, hey, I've got a home, I've got equity, I'm going to be able to get cash out of this at some point. It might not be as easy as you think. It, you know, Today, it's easy to go to the bank, get a home equity loan, get a mortgage, walk out, and, and thank you very much, and you go you know, out to eat. Um, you know, If we have another crisis and the liquidity dries up in our markets uh, as far as the housing, you, you, it's not going to be that simple. So make sure you've got the plan. That could be part of the plan, but don't rely on that. Okay. All right. The um, And then this one too, uh, this old chestnut, as they say, if I only need 70 or 80% of my income uh, when I retire. And, and to me, I want more than 100%. I want more than what I was making. That's a myth, by the way. I, I, yeah. I, I, let's dispel that myth right here. Because if you think that when you retire, your, your expenses are only going to be 70 to 80% of what you were had what you were making... Again, my wife comes back from the grocery store and says, I can't believe. And that's the, she starts the conversation with that. I yep. can't believe how much. You know, things have gone up and it's tremendous. So the point is, when I when I lay out an income plan, let's say for a married couple and they come in, we talk about their budget need, we talk about their income, their income after somebody passes away. After somebody passes away, part of the income goes away. My commentary, a question to the people are, when somebody dies, does the income, uh, does the expenses get cut in half? Obviously not. In fact, they don't go down hardly at all. Um, you lose some of the maybe medical costs, whatever, and some of the grocery bill goes down a little bit. But for the most part, the expenses stay the same. It's the same when you retire. Your expenses do not go down to 70 or 80% of what, what they were when you were, uh, when you were working, unless you've 
have debt right now and you've paid off your debt and then you count that in the expenses going down. But that, again, for the most part, Steve, that's a myth. You can't, you should not plan on expenses being 70 to 80% of what you currently have, especially with our inflationary environment. The inflation, the high inflation we have today, I've been saying it for months. It is not going down anytime soon. It's not going away. And I'm talking not for months. I'm talking for several years to go. Sure. Well, I've no, I just read Janet Yellen uh, actually has admitted, uh, we kind of got that one wrong. Yeah, big time wrong. And you know what? The the Federal Reserve, uh, their job is to stabilize currencies and stabilize asset prices and markets. And they they were behind the A-curve, the the A-ball, and so way behind the curve. And they did get it wrong. And so, again, we've got so much. Here's the problem. They can't raise rates to the the tune that they are talking about to tame inflation because we have $31 trillion in national debt. And they're backed in the corner. Uh, They had a meeting with Biden and Yellen and and, uh, Powell uh, a week or two ago in in the Oval Office. And I can hear the conversation. I can see it right now. I've been saying it, that that Biden was going to have these guys in saying, hey, we have a midterm election coming up in November. Guys, you know, simmer down on on the interest rate hike because you're hurting the markets and hurting sentiment. Think about that. That that conversation, I'm sure, happened in the White House. I'm sure it did. And so what does that mean? That means they're going to start to slow raising interest rates. You won't see the half a point for the next couple uh, months, let's say, that they're talking about. You might see another half a point, but it won't be as robust. So what that means is they're going to try to shore up the markets. We we do expect maybe a kind of a a rally, somewhat of a a market rally into the midterm election. And then after the election, we'll wait and see what happens. Sure. Boy. Um, Which leads us into uh, stocks. um, And... Right now, with the market being as volatile as it is, it's down for the year, certainly. And and so is that the indication that as I get close to retirement, I should bail on all stocks? No. And in fact, uh, to my point that I just made, and I'm, I don't have a crystal ball, nobody does. But at the end of the day, uh, most times you go back to 1950, midterm election year has had a correction in the market. Very interesting statistic. That is go, a- so to that point, the, the, the correction goes into the summer. And then end of summer, we typically start that rise back and rally back into the markets into the into and after the midterm election time period. So we're tracking that. So to that point, now's the wrong time to jump to the sideline and get out of the market. In fact, I would tell people, as I tell younger people that are still working, you should ratchet up your risk uh, inside your 401k and and TSP and 403b plans. You should ratchet up your contributions right now because you're buying on sale. And you should consider doing a Roth conversion while the market's down to take advantage of a 20 or 25% decline in the market to save yourself that much on tax. I like it, folks. And if you like your uh, opportunity to do that, let's invite folks to call, Kevin. Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. 
Hey, folks, don't miss it. This is a great way to shore up your retirement, and it starts with a phone call, 800-998-5649, a practical financial review for anybody listening, and it will show you where you are today, but more importantly, you'll find that you now have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. There are a number of reasons not all spouses retire at the same time. One thing is certain, it still requires planning and coordination. When we come back, one spouse retires, what happens next? Remember that feeling on the last day of school, just before summer vacation? How about that feeling you get around 4 o'clock Friday afternoons? Now multiply both of those by 100, maybe 1,000, maybe more. And that's the feeling you get just before you retire, if you have the right plan. And you don't have to go it alone. You need someone to set you up with a comprehensive plan, avoiding risk and pitfalls, and securing lifetime income in your retirement. You need Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800 998 During the 1940s, brothers Harry and Joseph Kaufman, who owned a wholesale candy store in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, acquired a wholesale toy company from a candy client who owed them money for outstanding debts. On September 21, 1946, Kaufman Brothers opened a wholesale toy store, marking the company's entry into the wholesale toy industry. In 1948, Kaufman Brothers Incorporated ended its involvement in the candy business to focus entirely on the toy business. In 1973, the company ended its toy wholesaling to become a shopping mall-based toy retailer known as KB Toy and Hobby, with KB named after the initials in Kaufman Brothers. In 1977, the company name changed to KB Toy and Hobby Shops, Incorporated. The company became a direct competitor to Toys R Us in 1994 when it expanded its mall locations and began opening stores known as KB Toy Works. In December 2000, Bain Capital purchased the company for $305 million in partnership with KB Toy's management team. KB Toys suffered tough competition during the 2003 Christmas season. With $300 million in debt, KB Toys filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in January 2004 and closed more than 600 stores, resulting in layoffs of more than 3,400 of the employees' 13,000 employees. KB Toys exited Chapter 11 bankruptcy in August 2005 with 90% of its ownership under PKBT Holdings, an affiliate of Prentice Capital Management. The company had 640 stores. Because of poor sales at its mall-based location, as well as competition, the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy on December 11, 2008. The chain began going out of business sales that month. KB Toys brand and related intangible assets were sold by StreamBank LLC to Toys R Us on September 4, 2009 for a reported $2.1 million. Strategic Marks LLC, a company that buys and revives defunct brands, registered a trademark for KB Toys in 2016 after Toys R Us allowed the previous registration to Lapse. In March 2018, Strategic Marks founder Elliot Kassoff stated that due to Toys R Us going out of business in the United States, Strategic Marks planned to open 1,000 KB Toys pop-up stores across America for Black Friday. In early 2018, Kassoff announced that the relaunch would be delayed until 2019. In March 2019, Kassoff cited a lack of funding as the reason that the pop-up stores did not open as planned. As of August 2020, there has been no news from Strategic Marks about the KB Toys Toys Revival. 
Hey, we're back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, of course, president of Frisbee & Associates, author of a great little book called Every Dime Every Day. And you're independent, you're fiduciary, um, you know, you're an investment advisor representative. You've got all the designations. Uh, maybe not all the designations. Well, you've got a bunch. But, but i got a bunch and enough. you got enough, <laughs> got exactly. Enough. That's, well, that's the answer. But that whole point is that, you know, Frisbee and Associates, you guys are a fiduciary firm, yeah. and that's so important. And you're all independent. You don't, you're not beholden to any one organization, which is such a key piece of the puzzle. It, it totally is. The, the fiduciary firm is, is critically important. I'll tell you a, a quick funny story. I was in Tampa uh, where we spend a fair amount of time a couple weeks back, and I was at a neighbor's house at the pool and had friends over from California. And so we're floating around on a bright 93-degree day and started talk- they started asking me questions, what do you do, what do you do? And so now I'm a financial advisor. Well, that gets their ear because these guys, 50 and 55-year-old, just retired from uh, the state of California. One was a prosecuting attorney, one was a uh, police chief. And so now they've got my ear in the pool. I'm captive. They're asking me questions, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so they started telling me about uh, what they had going on. And I said, well, you know, at the end of the day, I'm independent fiduciary firm. To me, that was the most important road to take because you got the big box shops. And I won't name them like I did in the pool. Oh, yeah. But but they had been have been using one of those big box shops. And so... At the end of the conversation, hey, I, uh, you look at you know, were in California, but uh, you you consider taking new clients. I said, well, you know, n- you know, yes and no. I mean, it's not so easy uh, to take on a new client directly in California. Although I have a lot of clients across the country, however, I certainly would have a conversation with you um, because when I mentioned that big box shop that they are, have all their money, the light come on, and they were like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Like now that they're, they're selling us stuff that they have in their box in their bag. And they don't, they're not a fiduciary. They don't have the, the ability to, to, to give us an offering outside of that company's offerings. And when they understood that, and I didn't explain that, but the light come on and they got it. And so you know, we're going to do some some business with them and do some and help them up. Interesting. Wow. The uh, the conversations in a pool. In a pool. Yeah. I was <laughs> trying right. to have some vacation. I was like, but they had me cornered. It was yeah, so exactly. funny. <laughs> That's very funny. So let's talk about, this is funny too, or it can be, I, I know you've got stories about this when one spouse retires and the other one doesn't. Um, there, there are, you know, there can be some, some uh, you know, moments, I guess. Uh, I mean, you talked about the uh, the couple where the guy was, you know, on the road every day. Yeah. For, every, for, every, every week. For 30 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a funny conversation. I, I'd love to f- be a fly in the wall when people left the office in the car and listen to the conversation because I've had people come in and actually say, we're talking about what their plan is. And sometimes it's the start of the conversation for a couple. Like yeah. they, they hadn't even really talked about it too much before they come to the office. And it, now we're talking about it. I'm asking questions like, when do you plan on retiring? And it starts the wheels spinning. And I, at this one instance, they're, they're clients now, but I'll never forget. It. And I have this this kind of thing often. She she looks at me. He says, well, I want to retire. And, and she, she they basically picked their dates. And she looks over at him and says, no, you're not. And, <laughs> and, I, and I sat there. I didn't say anything. And then she went on and said, I'm retiring. I, I want six months of retirement before you retire because I need my space and my peace of mind. And it was just funny for me to listen. But, you know, believe it or not, I hear that kind of conversation more often than not. Oh, sure. And, well, you've got to have that adjustment. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a life-changing thing. It's, it's, you know, getting back to the conversation we had earlier in today's show, the couple divorce above 65. Yeah. It, it, it's a relearning how to live your life and, and the, the approach. You already have anxiety about money. 
uh, and most retirees sure, do, whether they have done a good job or not. They have anxiety about money and how that all settles in. They have anxiety about, about their time. What are they going to do with their time in most cases? Now that you have the anxiety of how do I, how am I going to be with my spouse all day? And hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully you've got things that you can get out of the house. I t- I've told a story a thousand times. My parents, my dad retired from Hannaford up in Rumford. My mom was a, worked in a nursing home, had already retired. And so dad retired a handful of years ago and sold the second car. And I go to visit him and don't call your son, one of the, one of the, you know, one of the, one of the guys, one of the guys, you know, <laughs> don't call me. I mean, I have these conversations with clients. But I go, and yeah, we sold a second car. We don't need it. We spent all our days together. I'm like, are you crazy? This is me and my parents. Are you nuts? So six months later, six months, you know, six months later, I go back to visit another time. And uh, yeah, we bought a second car. I said, of course you did. <laughs> I mean, course. you got to keep your independence. God, you know, get yeah. out of the house when you want to get out of the house. To that point, though, you have to relearn a lot of times, or couples have to relearn. And it's an interesting conversation. Sometimes people have no problem spending all day together, seven days a week. And I've seen that, no issues. But most times that's not the case. You need some space. You need some freedom. You need sure. you know, to, to do what you want to do sometimes. Well, I mean, again, that gets into that whole behavioral finance thing. And, and there are, I know there are specialists who deal in just that. And I know that you do too at, at Frisbee and Associates. I mean, I know that you're a part-time marriage counselor. This I know. <laughs> just because I've heard the stories. I wear a lot of hats, Steve. And yeah, we're a great financial advisor firm. Uh, we do have a marriage counselor hat I throw on once in a while and, and just, uh, you know, nobody's ever come in and swinging, but, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people come in and end up in tears because they've, they've collectively, again, not had the discussion in the depth that we need to have the discussion of, of how can I help you retire, stay retired and, and live the life you want to live. We've got to dig into time frames and and dynamics of of living together and, and making that all work. Well, like you said, so the one in one case, the couple she wanted to be home at least six months before he retired. Do you see a lot of couples retiring at the same time, or is there often a gap? Most times, there's a gap. Okay, and it's just not because of wanting to spend the time apart. Most times, it's because uh, maybe insurance purposes. Sure. If one spouse is younger and the other spouse needs to work to carry the insurance, that's that's probably the, the predominant reason. Um, a lot of people just sometimes if somebody wants to work longer, they just don't want to leave yet. Yeah. You know, it's a social, uh, you know, you go to work and you have a social life there too. And a lot of times you know, they become your second family and people don't want to leave that right away. And they, you know, even though they might not need the money, they just want to go have that social aspect. That's, that's a lot of times why people go back to work part time after they retire to, to have, again, some sort of additional social aspect and, and outside of the home. So there's a lot of reasons why um, that people do stay working and uh, and and kind of linger on when one spouse retires and it just it, you know most people make it work most people can sure. kind of make that happen sure 800-998-5649 is the number you can call folks and um, so let's talk uh, social security for a second because from a couple standpoint that's a that's a huge decision and it's so important it's very important uh, we've prided ourselves for years on being social security strategists making sure uh, our clients optimize when they take Social Security to, to make sure that the income is going to be there. Primarily, we're going to look at who has the higher potential Social Security. You know, if we can delay taking that, the benefit of doing that is if somebody passes away, the surviving spouse gets the higher benefit. If somebody has a lower Social Security check in a married situation, um, a lot of times it, it's beneficial to take that earlier and uh, and get as much as you can out of that system and, and try to, you know, maximize in that way. The, the, the break-even point, if we, if I run a social security uh, strategy right now, and and I had that in front of me, the break-even point for married couples is about seventy-nine years old, which means does it make sense to wait or not? Is the question a lot of people ask. Sure. 
And the key is if both people live past 79 years old, it makes sense to wait. If somebody passes away before 79 or a health condition comes up and, you know, somebody doesn't make it, then it made sense to take it earlier. And again, it's a it's a case by case situation that we'll go through with people. Well, and and again, there are so many unknowns in that in that situation. But again, I know that you know family history plays a role, a pretty big role. It really does. The health conditions, potential health conditions. I'll ask that question. You know, if somebody comes in and says, "Yeah, my my parents, my dad was sixty eight, my my mom was sixty two, and they both didn't have." very good health. And I don't have, I have some health issues as well. We're probably not going to wait to take social security. We're probably going to look at doing something sooner rather than later. Sure. Well, again, to take advantage of, I mean, you know, we pay in our whole lives to that. So, um, well, speaking of paying in Medicare is another issue, health insurance. You just said that maybe somebody needs to stay working just from an insurance standpoint before somebody else gets to Medicare. Key age 65 at 65, you qualify to get on a Medicare plan. And so uh, oftentimes there's a gap in the age w- with couples and then who's, who's carrying the insurance. Um, the option on the private mar- on the, on a public market. Now, if you go to the healthcare.gov and you can kind of play around with this and, and kind of figure out where your income lays. Cause there's, there's subsidies based on your household income. You got to be careful of that. You need a minimum income. There's a maximum income. Uh, it used to be, there was a ledge you'd have to have a penalty. Now it's kind of graded. So you don't have as much of a penalty, but, but you got to play that game where income, it comes into play and, if you're retiring and you have a certain budget every month, but you're, you know, you're limited to the amount of income you can draw, well, maybe you have savings set aside that doesn't count as income. So there's a lot of dynamics to play in with making sure that we get people to 65. Once you know, somebody gets to 65 years old, we've got that covered pretty well. We've got three of the best Medicare reps in the whole state that basically have every single Medicare plan and, and drug plan available. So we'll do a consultation for clients. But 65 is a key. How do we, how do we get to 65 and make sure you you don't want to go without coverage. I can tell you that. Mm, no. I mean, one God forbid one event happens and it could throw your household upside down financially. Sure, yeah, of course. And and um, so let's talk just briefly before we run out of time. Uh, Roth conversions. And I, I mean, again, we're talking about couples, and I, I, I'm I'm not sure how that fits in as a couple. But um, is that something that you obviously you discuss if it makes sense? Well, we briefly touched on the last segment. Roth conversions now with the market decline in a decline. 20% down roughly, um, it's the optimum time to look at doing a Roth conversion. And assuming the market is going to come back, the market always has cycles. We'll, we'll go back to all-time highs at some point, probably not this year, but probably sometime in the next year or so. If you have a chance to convert right now, I had a, a conversation with a, a couple a couple weeks ago now. Um, her mom was 88, her dad is 84, and both have some dementia situation. But the long story short, mom and dad had a couple million dollars in retirement accounts that they do doing minimum distributions on. So not great health. And this couple was in their 50s. I said, well, the issue you're going to have is, uh, and and dad and mom had a good income, the highest income level. I said, my recommendation probably is to go talk to mom and dad uh, and convert the full $2 million into a a Roth right now because they were already maxed out percentage-wise on their their, uh, tax bracket. Go convert the full $2 million this year right now as soon as you can and then you're going to pay taxes on it this year. But once they pass away, 88 and 84, you're going to inherit that. You and your sister are going to inherit that. And you, you'll be in a Roth chassis. You're still subject to the 10-year payout, but you won't have any tax implications. And since they're already in a high tax bracket, it won't hurt you when they pass away to push you in a higher tax bracket. So it makes sense to do that, especially sure. with the market decline right now. And take a 20, It's a 20% savings. On yeah. income tax. Unbelievable. Right yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Well, again, on that note, let's go ahead and uh, invite folks to call one more time. Great idea, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, 
we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. 800-998-5649. You're going to get that comprehensive financial review, seeing where you are today. But more importantly, you do have a roadmap that'll help get you to where you need to be. 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. Listeners have been busy asking plenty of questions. When we come back, I'll answer as many as time allows. Letting the clock run out on his Social Security to age 70 for maximum benefits. And here comes the Roth conversion. He's locked in for income for life. He's got some outstanding coaching with that annuity plan. He's created his own pension as well. And it looks like he's going to go all the way. Play your best retirement game. Call Financial Safari's Kevin Prisby. 800-998-5649. 800-998-5649. It's your go-go years, so let's get going with another retirement road trip. We're doing rock and roll in the blues because we're heading to Memphis. Memphis is considered the birthplace of rock and roll and the blues. Let's start our tour on Beale Street. The character of Beale Street can be traced back to the early 1900s when African-American entrepreneurs opened clubs and restaurants and shops along the corridor. Beale Street eventually became synonymous with the best blues in America. Musicians flocked to the street, including B.B. King, Louis Armstrong, Memphis Minnie, and Muddy Waters. In the 50s, a young man named Elvis Presley would hang out on Beale. Wonder what influence that had on him. The blues and jazz and more great music live on here. Good food, too. You know you got to try the Memphis barbecue. Memphis is credited with having given birth to rock and roll also. Or maybe blues gave birth to rock and Memphis was the midwife. Either way, Sun Studio in Memphis had a lot to do with it. Sam Phillips opened Sun Studio in 1950. A year later, Rocket 88, considered the first rock and roll song, was recorded there. Rocket 88. Blues and R&B artists like Howlin' Wolf, Junior Parker, Little Milton, B.B. King, and more recorded there in the early 50s. Then came the likes of Elvis, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, Roy Orbison, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Tour Sun Studio and stand on rock and roll hallowed ground. Now, if you want to visit the palace of the king of rock and roll, where do you go? Memphis, for Elvis's beloved mansion, Graceland. Step in the foyer and imagine all the VIPs waiting to be received by the king. Then see the jungle room with green shag carpets, even on the ceiling. Lots of memorabilia in the trophy room. And the meditation garden where Elvis and many of his family members have been laid to rest. Get the right retirement plan for yourself so you can rock it out and never get the blues. And then take off whenever you want for cool daddy-o places like Memphis. Memphis. 
everybody. We are back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall having a great conversation today as per usual. Show's going by very quickly and uh, we've got some great questions here, Kevin. And, and I'm, let me ask you this, though. I know that uh, looking at your website, you've got a bunch of seminars planned. Yeah, so I won't go through them all no, right now. But um, I mean, they're all on the website. Yeah, so I would have, uh, you know, anybody wants to call and get registered and come out to an educational workshop. We don't sell anything and we never have at the seminars. We actually give great informational booklets away for people to take back and take notes with at the seminar. And uh, I, I can tell you the feedback we get, typically about an hour and 45 minutes is what we spend. Um, the feedback has been a thanks. That's probably one of the best workshops or seminars we've been to educationally wise. And again, we... They, you know, people have gone to other seminars and they, there's somebody, you know, throwing a dinner out and pitching oh, yeah. something. And we just don't do that. We never believed in that. We, we, we believe people come out for education and if they have better education, they can simply make better decisions. Well, exactly. Well, that's the, that's the goal. And, um, all right, let's jump into a couple of these questions here, Kevin, while we've still got some time, uh, Lisa's in Oakland and, uh, she says, uh, we have a corporation and my husband and I are president and secretary. My daughter works for us too. I'm 62 and I want to maximize my retirement. Should I file at 70 or 72? Also, should I up my income or just the amount I pay in taxes? It's a little confusing to me, but uh, let's see if we can sort it out. You, well, I'm assuming, uh, based when she says, should I file at 70 or 72, she's probably uh, talking about Social Security. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, because that, that's usually what... So 70 is the maximum. Yeah. Um, you can't wait until 72. You've got to start collecting at 70. And there's no reason to wait, because they, that's the maximum uh, increase they give you. So regardless of the income tax component of that, uh, it's never 100... Not yet, anyway, never 100% income tax. So you want to you claim at 70 so, at... at, at uh, sure. 72, if she's referring to that, is the required minimum distribution age. And I'm going to bring that up because she put the two ages out here that are important. Sure. Um, 72, you're required to take a certain percentage out of your retirement accounts. And in this case, they, they own a corporation. I had this uh, happen one time. Well, I, I didn't have it happen, but I had a brand new client come along in, in the Bangor area. And he was a majority owner of his practice, his business. And so he worked past 70. I think he worked till about 77 years old. But he had not taken a minimum distribution from his 401k that he was contributing to at work. And most people don't have to do that unless you're at least a 5% majority owner of the corporation, mm -hmm. at which point you're subject to the minimum distribution. We had a million and a half dollars in his 401k plan through work. Well, he got a letter from the Internal Revenue Service saying you're penalized, you know, $150,000, whatever the penalty was and tax was. And he says, wait a minute, I didn't know I had to do that. Well, <laughs> His advisor that he had before didn't didn't let him know that he needed to do that. Oh, so man. I'm going to lay it the blame on, on the other advisor, which the blame was was to lay sure, on. Anyway, of point being is it, you know you got to pay attention. So Lisa, in this case, you're a corporation owner. You are subject to the minimum distribution at 72 years old. Pay attention to that if that's where you're referring to. You do have to file by 70 uh, years old on Social Security. Um, so pay attention to that. And uh, should I up my income or can I uh, amount to paying taxes? Up your income, yeah, it depends on what you're trying to do. If you've got a, the ability with a corporation to, to uh, you know, adjust your income, uh, let's look at trying to do that and sure. try to put as much away as you can in a retirement account at work. All right, I like it. So there you go, uh, Lisa. It's 800-998-5649 to further the conversation. Uh, Jeremy is in Oxford. Jeremy says, uh, I'm 51, my wife's 52. We don't have a retirement plan, but now that our son is through college, we're thinking about our financial future. Like I said, don't have a retirement plan, but have three life insurance policies with a total cash value of about 160000 Should we remove some or 
for all of that cash and invest in a Roth IRA? How should we begin saving for retirement? Well, we just had that conversation about life insurance. Yeah, we, we did. Interesting conversation here or a question from Jeremy. Thanks for writing in, by the way. Um, 5152, again, the reason they have catch-up provisions on retirement accounts, meaning the, the government allows you to put additional monies away at 50 and higher, is exactly the situation Jeremy's writing about. You know, that the child's out of school in most cases, and now all of a sudden they get to be 51, 52 years old, and they're starting to think about retirement. So in this case, first and foremost, you want to start thinking about doing some contributions to IRAs. If you've got a, a 401k or some sort of retirement account, account sponsored by work, let's look at putting money into that. At your age, being younger, you certainly want to think about doing a Roth contribution if, if you qualify to do that based on your income. And the cash value life insurance, I guess my question there would be, what's the purpose of the life insurance now that your children are, are, are grown sure. um, and out of school? And usually, you know, that's to cover the expenses or replacement of income. So if you have $160,000 in cash value in life insurance, is it intended to stay there or not is the question. And, and if not... And the life insurance has kind of run its course. You get a hundred and sixty thousand dollar head start potentially on doing some retirement savings. So it's a dynamic conversation that we, that we could have. And I, I welcome a call if you want to give a call to the office and talk with one of us here at Frisbee Associates. Well, again, in being in their early fifties, that is just sort of entering that uh, financial red zone that we like to talk about. And and it's a perfect time to really get serious and put a plan together. It's not too late for them, and they they could have a pretty nice retirement. It's certainly not too late, and it's never too late is the answer to that. But yeah, in your young fifties is really the, the optimum time to really get things uh, in on the right track. Sure. 800-998-5649, Jeremy, that's the number. Uh, Nancy has a question. Uh, she is in Skowhegan. Uh, she says, I've been receiving survivor's benefits for the past three years. I still work, so some of the benefits have been withheld. I'll be 66 next month. That is my full retirement age, uh, 66, since I'm receiving survivor's benefits, or 66 in two months. Again, I'm a little confused by that, but... Well, she, there's an earnings limit before you get to be okay. full retirement. That's what she's referring to. So it's about $19,000, which means you can earn up to $19,000, whether it's survivor benefits, Social Security benefits, or regular Social Security benefits, you have an earnings limit. Anything above $19,000, you're penalized basically on the benefit that they pay you from Social Security. For every $2 above, you're penalized $1 of Social Security. So... To her point, she's going to be full retirement age, 66 and two months coming up, and that penalty goes away, which, okay. which means right now they're withholding some of her Social Security money because of the penalty base. But once she gets to be full retirement age, she can have unlimited earnings and collect the full amount of Social Security uh, amounts. And in this case, I like what she's what she wrote here anyway. She's collecting survivor benefit. Unfortunately, her, her spouse passed away to do that. However, she's delaying and getting the delayed credits on her own benefits, so sure. letting that grow. And if she's still working, she's still contributing that. So she's kind of putting herself in a position to maximize her own benefit when she decides to retire. All right. Seems like a smart move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely is, for sure. 800-998-5649, Nancy, if you'd like to get in touch with us. Uh, Karen's in South Portland. Uh, she says, my husband wants to get a $100,000 home equity line of credit at 4.5% interest and use the cash to max out both of our 401k contributions over the next three years. He said we can earn more than 4.5% in the 401k, and we can also deduct the interest from the loan on our taxes. I don't feel good about this idea. Do you? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Thanks for writing in, Karen. So here's the deal. Yeah, could you, you know, theoretically earn more than four and a half percent average on the uh, 401ks? Obviously, yes. If you go historically in the markets, it's average eight to nine percent going back to the Great Depression. So the, the data is there. However, you're getting into debt. 
to put money into the stock market. And is that the right idea? I never recommend to do that. Never take on debt to put money into the stock market. That's never a, a good thought because if it doesn't go uh, as what you think it's going to go and all of a sudden the market has declines and you lose some of that money and now you have a debt payment to make as a home equity line, you've lost a lot of leverage in your retirement plan. So not a good idea. The other thing is interesting that you wrote about the, the deduct the interest from the loan on our taxes. Well, most people today, 98% of the American people have the standard deduction. As a married couple, your standard deduction is about 25000 bucks. So I can promise you, you're not going to have $25,000 in interest on that loan. So that's a mute point yeah. uh, in most cases. So that's And it's never a reason to take out a loan to put into the stock market anyway, but but it's a mute point. Okay. All right. Fair enough, Nancy. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, that was uh, that was Karen. So, I mean, again, you know, as we start to look at this and wrap things up, what, uh, I mean, the, the volatility in the market, the, the the war, all of those things, what are your thoughts and, and what what's the one thing you say to everybody? Here's the thing people have to pay attention to. If you're, let's say you're 65 years old today, Steve, and all of a sudden you retire. And we've got a, a market decline. We've got a war in Ukraine. If you look back for 33 years back to 1987, when we had the stock market crash, we had the COVID decline and we come back really quick. We had the 2007 to 2009 financial crisis. We had the 2000 to 2002 dot-com bubble. When the planes hit the towers, it made we were in a recession. People forget that. We're coming off the dot-com bubble. We had a major correction in the markets. We had the 1992 savings and loan crisis. We had the 1987 stock market crash. The point is the markets have cycles. Things happen and things will continue to happen. We, we can't change that. We'll have another pandemic probably at some point. To that point, if you're 65 today and you have 20 or 25 or 30 years in retirement, you should expect four or five market declines and cycles in your lifetime still to come. So how do you prepare for that? Manage risk. Make sure you're allocated properly. Make sure you're tactical, working with a tactical money manager. Make, make sure all of that stuff is in place so you can stay retired and not have to worry about going back into the workforce and try to, you know, maintain some lifestyle. That That's what I would tell people. All right. I, I like that, Kevin. And on that note, let's call it a show and uh, invite folks to call one last time. Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 people who call us right now, we're going to offer a complimentary financial review of your entire financial and retirement plan. There's no cost for this visit. It's simply a chance for you to get an education about your money so that you can make the best decisions for yourself moving forward. We found that most people don't have a true understanding of three basic things. They don't know how much money they're paying in fees and commissions. And they don't know how much unnecessary risk they're taking with their nest eggs. And they don't understand the tax implications of their retirement savings. We will sit down with you and help you understand all of those issues. Many of our radio listeners who go through this process eventually become clients, but others don't. This process isn't designed to turn every listener into a client. It's just an extension of the education that we try to offer on the show. But we can't give specific advice for your unique situation on the radio, so this is an opportunity for you to get answers to some of your specific questions, or maybe even answers to some questions that you didn't even know you needed to be asking. If you call right now and you're one of the next 10 callers, not only will you get a financial review and second opinion package, but when you come in, you also get a copy of this brand new, hot off the press special report that Coach Pete just released for radio listeners only. It's called the Retirement Alpha. It's a nine-page special report about building a solid retirement in a zero-interest environment. So, for the next 10 callers, we'll make some time in our calendar to visit with you and give you this complimentary financial roadmap. 
All right, folks, this is it. Last opportunity today to give Kevin a call, 800-998-5649, and uh, get that financial roadmap put together. Uh, you're going to get a comprehensive financial review, and you'll see where you are today, of course. But more importantly, uh, you're going to have that roadmap, that guide that's so important to have to help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. Give us a call, 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. Kevin, as always, one of my favorite hours of the week. It goes by so quickly. But again, I love the conversation. And, and the information is so important. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground today, Steve. And we're, yeah, again, we're giving a book away to all the callers today. Look forward to all the calls. We're going to return the call within an hour of the show ending. So if you if you have a, a, a call coming in from an unrecognized number, it's probably one of the advisors here at Frisbee Associates. Investment advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Kevin Frisbee and his guests provide general information, not personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. The opinions expressed on this program are not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice and do not constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.